Mutant Musings is doing a giveaway where you can win a print from artist Ty Ramsa. You can find a link to his shop in the show notes of this very episode to check out his awesome artwork. He's made a 16 by 24 poster of his first 50 portraits of mutants. There's Dazzler, Moonstar, Mystique, Dupe, and many, many more. And you can win this amazing poster completely free if you can answer this question correctly. Which singer-songwriter was Dazzler originally modeled after before her design was completely changed? Get us the correct answer and you'll be entered to win a free poster. All you have to do is DM us with the correct answer on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast or DM us on Twitter at mutant musings. Our DMs are open through Saturday, April 10th, awaiting your answers. Good luck, listeners! Welcome to a special episode of the Mutant Musings Podcast for April 2021. I'm Jonathan, and with me as always is... Patty! We have a special guest with us today. He first appeared in Deadpool Volume 3, Number 24, and was created by Jerry Duggan, Brian Posehn, and Mike Hawthorne. Jordan D. White is with us tonight. Yay! <laughs> I, you know, thank you for having me. That's actually not my first comic book appearance. <laughs> what? <laughs> I've appeared in a number of comics. <laughs> but that's what your Marvel wiki says. <laughs> oh, really? Well, they should have yeah. asked me. That's wrong. I don't, although it's tough to say, hmm... That's a good question. The, the first one I remember is not 616. The first one I remember was was a movie tie-in uh, comic <laughs> where one of the other editors had me drawn in without telling me. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> and I think Nick Fury beat me up. Um, Dude. <laughs> so Sam Jackson, in fact, beat me up. What? Um, <laughs> you really are famous. <laughs> but No, no. But uh, – Salva Espen draws me in a lot of comics too. I, I don't know what the first 616 comic I appeared in was. Oh, wait. No. Well, okay. wait, that wasn't 616 either. I was going to say I appeared in Marvel Assistant Size Spectacular number one oh my God. as myself, but that ostensibly takes place on Earth 1218. Uh, so it's tough. That's- that's the real world, right? Yes, yes it is. Yeah, okay, okay. Hey, you want to know a fun fact about the real world? <laughs> Please tell me. Earth 1218. Uh, I wonder who made that number up. Hey, do you know what my birthday is? <laughs> it's December 18th. Oh, my God. That's amazing. You created the real world. <laughs> I love that show. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I named it that. Uh, I th- I'm not a hundred percent sure because it's been a long time, but I'm pretty sure it was in the letters pages of New Exiles. Uh, I was answering letters letters uh, in the New Exiles letters pages as characters, and so somebody oh, wow. talked about. I, I I don't know what issue or anything like that, but somebody was talking about like being able to meet the characters, and I was like, oh, like we don't go to Earth twelve eighteen or something like that. I just referenced it as the real world as Earth twelve eighteen, and, and now uh, it's and now it's canon. Yeah, now it's canon. <laughs> <laughs> the rest is history. Everybody has to follow that rule now. Like who's who's gonna retcon the real world? You want to retcon Xavier dying or Gene dying or something? Go do it. But you're not retconning the real world. Well, technically. Um, I mean, technically, both Marvel and DC did it because didn't both unit both Marvel and DC have destroyed the real world? Have they really? Uh, well, in Secret Wars, every reality was destroyed, so oh, that includes true. the that, real world. <laughs> it just got true. brought back. 
my God, I didn't even notice. You guys did a great job just tying all that together. <laughs> oh, oh, good times. Wow, this has already been really educational. <laughs> Listen, I, yeah, you. I mean, so I, I'm glad to hear that you're willing to go on tangents, but I will tell you that's a that's a danger because I will do it. I will I will derail the interview before we start, as I have done. That's fine. We normally do that to ourselves, so it's nothing we're not used to. <laughs> all right. Um. Yeah. So so first of all, uh. So so how are you? How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I well, I, <laughs> I'm good now. I'm having fun. I, I I mentioned to you off mic that I had I literally was shouting. 10 minutes ago about how yeah. angry I was about Riverdale yeah. and how dumb it is. Um, <laughs> but other than that, good. I uh, had a nice weekend. It's We're recording this on Easter. I don't know when you uh, uh, play it, but had a nice weekend. Uh, I mean, doing, doing Easter stuff, but like really like surface level Easter stuff. I'm not, I'm not religious, but like, you know, it's yeah. fun to do cultural stuff with my kid. So. Well, like like Easter Bunny stuff. Yeah, like yeah, we did. Stuff? Yeah, we did. He's only three, but we hid, we hid, we placed plastic <laughs> eggs all around the backyard, and he ran around and found them, and he was super excited about that. Aww. And we put together a Lego uh, Easter Bunny set. Um, I mean, really, I put it together, but he, you know, helped and <laughs> yeah, hung out he and helped. watched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, stuff like that. It was a lot of That's- fun. That is fun. That that's that that is really fun. Um, I see I see you on social media playing with Legos a lot. I'm a little jealous. Um, I don't have the time for that in um in in my in in my life. But I did used to work for uh, the Lego retail store, and oh. I I know it's not Marvel, it's DC. But we had a six foot tall Batman statue made out of over uh, a Lego Lego brick statue made out of over ten thousand Legos in the store <sighs> for a little while. Yeah, and, they, and not only that, not only was did somebody put that together, but they glued it all because they knew that that's going to go into a store and a child is going to climb on it and rip it to shreds. Um, so, so yeah, so so thankfully that didn't happen and it was all yeah. Cool. It'd have to be some serious glue, I imagine. Too. It was some serious glue. Listen, listen, when people weren't around, we tried. We tried to rip it off. We tried to take it. <laughs> It didn't work. The only thing you could detach was its head. It, yeah. it like it, it like clipped on somehow, so it wouldn't like accidentally fall off and like hurt someone. Like, oh, Batman's enacting justice on you, little boy. Uh, no, it was like attached on. So, so yeah, so that was it. Um, I don't, I don't know why, but see, but l- 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 seeing you with playing with the Legos and stuff it reminded me of that. Yeah, my my little one loves Lego Batman. Like that's his favorite Lego thing, really. Um, I mean, traitor. He does like Lego Star Wars. I, well, the problem is I think he just saw that first. Um, yeah. Because sure. Lego Batman is really easy to find. I, I eventually found out that there is Marvel Lego stuff, but there's not as much. And yeah. it's on like Netflix and I wasn't looking on Netflix. So I, I, we've watched a couple of them since then. But he loves Lego Batman. His favorite one is the one where the Justice League fights Brainiac. And it's sure. like it's like it's like a full length thing. It's like a. I mean, it's like a an movie? hour and a half long. Yeah, I mean, it's oh my god. Maybe not a full hour and a half, but maybe hour fifteen. Like it's pretty long. Um, like Brainiac, I don't remember how. I I don't watch that closely, but I've seen bits of it on and off. <laughs> he like sends three of them back in time, or it, no, not all back. Uh, I think Wonder Woman goes back to caveman times. <laughs> uh, uh, Green Lantern goes to like. Well, I want to say pirate times, but I don't even know what pirate times is, but pirate times <laughs> and Superman goes to the future and all of them are like brainwashed and don't remember what they are. So, so Batman has to time travel back to or forward to those places with the flash 
um, who who is on a tread the treadmill and has to keep running the entire time, like he can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Batman really does everything, and he goes and he saves them. And uh, Darian loves it for some reason. Yeah, that's his favorite one. He watches it over and over again. Oh, I mean that's cute. I'm I'm happy that it's keep that it keeps his attention. You know, mm-hmm. I mean I don't think my attention span would have would have held for an hour and fifteen minutes at at three years old. I just but I also I'm 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 like I know it's your job. It's what you do, and I know you. I, I'm sure you love what you do. I just find it very funny that you're on this podcast and you're the X Men editor and you're talking about <laughs> you know a DC DC movie <laughs> telling telling the plot of a DC story. Yeah, well, I mean you said happens. Brainiac, and I was like, who is that? <laughs> I don't know that person. <laughs> Yeah, that's really funny. Um, yeah, don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> that's not my job. Is he? He's probably not in Teen Titans X Men. So there you go. Yeah. No, yeah. He's, I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. No, no. All right. All right. So all right. Well, I'm glad you had a good weekend. Um, so so how how are things? How are things at at work? You guys are still. You're still doing like video chats and, oh, and yeah. chats on Slack. Like the Marvel office is, is completely closed. Like no time soon. It's coming back. Yeah. I have, I don't, I don't think it's coming back anytime soon. And, and um, you know, when we, uh, when it started, it was really, uh, I don't know what the, I mean, upsetting, I guess, but like, it's sure. weird to call it upsetting. Cause like the world was going through stuff. Like it was almost the least of our worries, obviously, but yeah. um, I guess it's more of that. Before the pandemic, if you had asked me if I wanted to work from home, I would have said, no, not interested. (laughs) Um, I like being in the office and with all the people and da, 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 da. But I've gotten really used to it. So much so that if we were to, if they were to say, oh, guess what? It's everything's cured. Everyone can go back to work tomorrow. I would be really bummed. Like I wouldn't want to go work in an office all the time anymore. Wow. Yeah. Things have changed a lot in the way that I do my job. Um, in a way that probably realistically has made me slightly less close with my fellow editors, but I think made me closer with my like writers that I work sure. with. Sure. I mean, and, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And it, it makes sense in a way too. I mean, I see, um, I see all of you guys on, on social media or I read interviews with all, all of you and, uh, and the X writers and, all just talking about like how great of a time you're having on these mm-hmm. video calls and in the Slack chats and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it honestly, it makes me, first of all, it makes me really happy to see that. It makes me really happy that you all are like having that much fun, you know, while this is, while this is going on, you're still able to do your jobs and still have a great time doing it. Because of course I, I feel like that just helps feed the positive atmosphere and the creative juices are flowing. But I also, I understand from a personal level, getting used to it. There are certain things that I do in, in my personal life too, that I, I'm used to doing now, like on my mm-hmm, phone. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of happy that this is that this is here in front of me and it's really convenient. And I can do this sort of meeting anytime that I need to do it. And I don't just have to like go to this place or drive to this place all the time. So yeah, it's, it's not, it's not so bad. Yeah, I mean- That aspect of it. The, the, basically there was a, I don't remember when, but sometime relatively early in the pandemic, uh, in the work from home situation that I, it occurred to me that, um, you know, when we have Marvel summits with our writers, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it involves flying folks in from all over the country and other countries and putting them up in hotels and, you know, it's a big, huge deal. Work stops entirely for at least a couple of days. Not entirely, but almost entirely for a couple of days. Um, 
you know, there's a lot of like staying out late at bars and stuff. Like, you know what I mean? It's this crazy to do. Um, but suddenly working from home, I realized it is now equally as difficult for me to have a meeting with a writer as it is for me to have a meeting with my assistant. Hmm. It is exactly one to one to one. And we have editorial meetings all the time. We should just have meetings like this with our writers and it should just not be as big of a deal as it used to be. And so we just do. We just have an X-Men meeting with all of our writers every two weeks. And we just – it's usually last week. I always they, – they make fun of me because I'm always like the only person who seems to care about the, the time it takes. Like I'm like, let's try to actually keep it to two hours this time. Like we don't want to be <laughs> – but everybody, everybody else is just happy to just go for hours and hours and hours. And I'm like, oh – to do too. <laughs> That's so cool though, that you get to just, you know, every two weeks you're just sitting there with a bunch of people and having, having that meeting, you know? And, and like, like you said, it's not like you have to worry about flying a whole bunch of people in. Like, right. like it is, it's really convenient. That sounds like a, that sounds like a friggin' blast. I was going to say, if we're lucky, we, you know, a year ago, it, we would be lucky if we could have, if we could have two X-Men summits in a year, that's weird. Like that's unusual, but yeah. I think we probably have had two. I think we did have two uh, in 2019. Is that true? <laughs> I, it's uh, everything is messed up, man. Oh no! <laughs> you know what I'm thinking of? Yes, we had one. We had one within 12 months, but it wasn't in 2019 because we had one in like late or mid 2019, maybe. And then we had another one at C2E2, literally like a week before the lockdown. Before lockdown, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I, you know, about six months apart and that's kind of unusual. Like it was kind of awesome, but again, now we have them every two weeks and they're not always, uh, as, as big as a deal as that one was, you know, as those ones are, but we actually just had one, uh, a couple of uh, weeks, maybe a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, something like that. We had like a longer one. We had a, a two day, what was it? Two day, four hours a day. And the difficulty of scheduling those things, it, is difficult because we have people on the west coast of america and we have people in england oh right they are so far apart (laughs) that basically we make it inconvenient for both of them like (laughs) jerry duggan has to wake up well i mean listen at nine o'clock but he has to wake up at nine o'clock which he doesn't want to do because he takes to write in the nighttime and then like meanwhile uh al ewing is is there like after dinner uh talking with us and it's just like oh i feel bad to do that but that's the only option we've got yeah, I got, I got, I got you. But you're like right smack in the middle, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, for me it's so, perfect. <laughs> it's perfect for you. <laughs> yeah, for me it's great. Well, good, good. That's the most important thing. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, I'm glad to hear that that things are going okay, and that and that you know, like I said, I, I've see, been seeing in interviews the positivity from everybody, and I'm just I'm glad that that despite how how scary things still are. That you know, there's there's some joy and there that's coming out of this. So so I'm I'm happy to hear that. All right, now now as far as the X books actually go, my first question to you is: How happy does it make you to know how happy I am that Py- <laughs> that Pyro is currently a hero and featured in Marauders? <laughs> he's heroish. He's heroish. Oh, he's um, a hero. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's super happy. Like honestly, um. You know, that's the thing about the X-Men is that, uh, I, I mean, I, I learned that pretty quickly that every character, no matter how obscure or, or, or 
or rarely appearing has mm. people who are just absolutely over the moon about them. <laughs> oh my and- God. We've met a whole bunch of people like that for maggot. <laughs> yes. There you go. I'm like, oh, Why? <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't know. Well, so, I mean, this makes me talk about for a moment, the, the, the thing where I wrote songs. Um, yeah. Back when I was on Twitter, I, uh, I said to the X-Men fans, I will write a song about an X-Men, just pick who it is. And I was thinking they were going to like pick, I, I don't know. I figured they, I was like, oh, they're going to pick somebody I'm not that fond of, but I didn't think they'd go for maggot right out the gate. And they did. <laughs> Overwhelmingly, he won. So I went, fine, I'm going to write a song about Maggot. I, I took it very seriously. I did research. I read his origin. I read his <laughs> his death, which, you know, got undone. But you know what I mean? His death. All, I, yeah. I, I, and I, I wrote a song that I'm very proud of that I, I think, you know, has some good stuff in it. <laughs> and so I said, okay. Okay, everybody. Um, I, I want to do it again. Last time you made me write about Maggot. Please don't do that again (laughs) like just let's just go for a regular character like you know and so then they picked adam x (laughs) hell yeah you're big adam x stands on this podcast i love adam x so then maybe you guys were were part of the problem no it's fine (laughs) i i wrote a song about adam x except it's really a song about how i don't know anything about adam x and um because i was like i'm not doing the i'm not doing the homework this time i wrote a i think a a song that i think is pretty funny um (laughs) Oh, but you must be happy because he's now he's uh, he just got his uh, recognition finally. Who Pyro? No, no, Adam X. Oh, Adam X. Well, yeah, sort of. I mean, I mean, okay, so so yeah, so yeah, but it ended with you know like, and now you're gonna sort of forget. And I'm like, okay, well, you know what? I, that's on me. I should have seen that coming. I should have seen the now you're gonna forget because because then how come all of this right. time they haven't been close and brothers and hanging out on the holidays? Right. Um, yeah. Right. So, so it makes sense. No, it was, listen, it was, it was really cool to see him in action and to see him get, get a spotlight for two issues because those two issues, it's more than he's gotten in about three decades. So, so I was, I was to happy. go back to Pyro though, cause you're right. Yeah. I am excited that you love Pyro cause I, he has been great in that. I want you to, I want to know what, <laughs> what was your reaction when you read the issue with Gene and the Thunderbird? <laughs> With Gene sitting on the car. I, I said, this is fake. I said, this, this is fake. I said, this is a dream. I said, this is a dream. There's not, listen, listen, Gene is, is omega level, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, sexy. Mm-hmm. And, and I know, listen, I love Pyro. I, he's my baby, but I understand his place in the food chain. He's kind of <laughs> low on the food chain. You've got Cyclops and Wolverine to compete with. Pyro's going to be low. To Gene, okay? To me, he's right. highest on the food chain. He's my baby. <laughs> Gene, is he your number one? Is he really your number one character? Pyro is really my number one favorite mutant and has been for just about 30 years, yes. Well, th- then in that case, uh, that makes me happy to hear because that means that not only uh, are you enjoying the stories, but the fact that you like him in the, our books oh my God, yeah. is good because that means that because I mean, listen, that's not a guarantee. If you've yeah. liked the character for thirty years, there's a good chance you're going to be like, and you are ruining him. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not one of those people. You're ruining this. You're ru- no, 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 no. I'm. I'm so happy. First of all, to go with the flow, and second of all, like I do think he's being handled well. Do I, Do I want to see him featured more? Do I want to see him go through more things as a 
as a human being sure. out, outside of the skull tattoo on the face. Yes. Do, do you like his tattoo? I, I support my baby in all of his decisions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I'm okay with it. I'm happy. He's happy. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, 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 but but yeah, no. I knew that was a dream right away, or something okay. fishy was going on. It it was funny. It was listen. I loved it. Was it. it was a great gag. It was a great gag. But I knew it was a dream. Yeah, no, I just. It's, yeah. it's funny because Gene is actually my favorite character. Oh, I have I have a normal one. <laughs> oh my so, god! <laughs> and Jonathan gets up at like four thirty on Wednesdays and is like, "Oh my god, you have to read the new issue of blah blah blah." And he said that when that issue came out, and I was like, Jonathan, I'm going to kill you. Because <laughs> I thought it was real at first, and I was like, no. And then I got mad, and I'm like, what are you trying to say about my boy? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, and it was a, it was a good time. It was fun. It was fun. <laughs> I, when I got that script, I was I, I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> um. All right, speaking of... um. Of a, of another uh, random random fave, um, if you can't say anything, I understand. But are we going to see Pog or, or Pog come back uh, anytime soon? He was another oh, favorite. Yeah, that was such, that was so sudden. Um, well, I think. Let me, oh gosh, I'm trying to think what we know. Did he go back to Amanth? I think he did. Well, it would it would be whether he went back to 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 Amanth or whether he's on Arrakis. I'm pretty sure he was from he was on Amanth, so I think he's back there with uh, with Apocalypse and his fam. So I guess it all depends when we see them again. Probably, although you well, never know. Maybe he could he could always show up in other world too because they've got connection. Uh, they still they're still physically have uh, transport there, so you never know. That could be yeah. cool. They should send, you know, uh, A and his fam should send a postcard. Maybe they're hanging out with Pog or Pog on the, on the beach. Uh, <laughs> that would be cute. Uh, no, just talking about Pyro, kick that up a little bit because because I've been missing. That was a weird thing that happened really fast, but but I was part of that because I fell in love. I thought he was really cute, and so so I figured I, w- I would ask if there are any. He was so weird, him. man. He was such a weird character, and he <laughs> he exists because we we told Pepe to go nuts. Like we were like. Just draw something. We want one guy who's like like monstery, yeah. Uh, and he came up with that. And then John, uh, John and Tini came up with the rest, and uh, based on the drawing. But like he's he's got so many weird details, like the weird like little arms. Yes, so strange. Yeah, yeah, the little flappers. There, yeah, cute. it's okay. But it's not even, and it's not even connected to the fact that there's a guy inside of him. It's just like no, but that's also wait what. Um, <laughs> Uh, that was that was Jonathan. I think came up with that. Jonathan Hickman with the yeah. whole thing of there's a guy inside of him. <laughs> <laughs> so strange. Oh, I'm not. It was shaming. You what? <laughs> I said I'm not king shaming. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it did work. It, it was it was it was a lot of fun. Like I said, it was it was just a, a such a weird character, but it just it just seemed to to click. So I want to know right now, with 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 everything that's going on in Reign of X, which mutant's journey has had you most intrigued thus far, up until now? Up until now, yeah. Uh, that's. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of good candidates. Um, oh wow, like it's so tough. I mean, so I'm gonna name a couple. 
Although, I mean, it's it, it also is hard. It's very difficult to untangle uh, the past with the, the, the future, especially the immediate future. Like there are issues that aren't out yet that I've already finished and sent to press that like, to me, they're oh, sure. done. Sure. <laughs> so I'm going to do my best not to spoil everything. Okay. Um, I mean, uh, one big one is going to be for sure Betsy. Like uh, I'm a, a fan of Betsy Braddock for ages and mm-hmm. I love all the stuff that she's gone through um, in the last couple of years. But, uh, but since house of X, especially, I feel like we've done some really fun stuff. I know, I know not everybody's a fan, but that's, that's how it is with every decision that, that sure. folks make so there you are um i think it's really neat i i love her as captain britain yes. um and i think that if i remember correctly i'm pretty sure the issue that just came out was the one with her and uh psylocke kind of well not hashing it out but like <laughs> yes looking things in the eye at least yeah uh, yeah yeah i get you and uh and i thought that went really well i thought teeny did a really good job of that uh with a really difficult topic um i really am excited about kid cable in this era uh aka cable um but (laughs) (laughs) just because a lot of people call him kid cable so it's hard not to um listen i have to interject really quick i'm sorry but but patty and i there is recorded evidence on our podcast that before it was this official kid cable thing we were two of the first people calling him kid cable I just, I, I need to that's say good. that. I need to that's say good. that. That's, that's canon. I'm sorry. Copyright. I'm sorry. You can continue. <laughs> well, I mean, I love that. I love what he's been going through. Like I, you know, he had a certain bent to his story uh, before House of X, but I feel like since then, the, I think a lot of it is in fact inspired by just the way Jonathan handled him in issue two of X-Men, mm-hmm. that it was just, Hey, he's there with his dad and his sister. And it was like, wait, what? Like, that's that's how Cable is now? It's family. And yeah, and it was great. Well, and in fact, even in issue one of, of X-Men, he was there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and uh, so then when we started talking about doing a book for him with Jerry Duggan, that that was a huge influence on it. And, I, and it really colored that character very differently than he had been portrayed before. Not, But not out of line with it. Because again, if you go back to the ending of Extermination and that he did it all to kind of bring his dad back, I thought that was really neat too. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought it worked really well. Uh, and I, I love what he's going through now. And I think, and again, that that series is, we've already announced that it's ending with 12, but uh, it's it's good. It goes good places, and I think it it is good stuff. It has been. It it really has been. You know, I mean, and and I'll admit that it took me a little while to warm up to Kid Cable because, I mean, admittedly, he's introduced, you know, killing the the old guy that yeah. we've known for so long. So so you know, it's 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 story story wise, it's a rough introduction. But you know, it, throughout his throughout this series that Jerry Duggan has been doing, I, I've really been warming up to him, and and I like how how you tied. You tied the extermination into that, you know, bringing his dad back. Like this mm-hmm. is a, a family thing. We see a lot of his family in this book that's going on right now, and you know, old friends. He's he had Domino in there on that fun little yeah. adventure to Japan that was cute. But um, but yeah, you know, he's he's become a, a bit more of an endearing character. And then you know, tucked at, at the end of of a bunch of issues of Cable, you see the old man sort of. In some dystopian future-ish sort of place, I think there was a giant crab at one point. <laughs> I mean, those are always cool, but we don't really know what's going on there yet. And and I'm yep. assuming it's all, it's all going to be wrapped up by by issue twelve. So 
Yeah, I'm I'm both intrigued and a little worried because you know from a reader's point of view, like I'm saying, like, hey, I'm really warming up to this character now. Oh shit! Wait, there's the old man. What the hell is going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> For what sure. are you guys What are you guys doing to us now? Um, but but it but it's but it's really cool. Um, and and I mean, if you know, if you're saying that like his journey has you intrigued right now and has had right. you intrigued, then it's then then it's definitely. It's definitely something to watch. But there's so many. I mean, I feel like this era has made me enjoy Cyclops again so much more. Uh, there was, there were, there, were, there have been times when I have not been a big fan of Cyclops, but I am back uh, on board with him. <laughs> Blasphemy. Which part? <laughs> the not being a fan. Well, but, but I, I, you- I'm not. I was not one of the people who said he was right all those times for sure. <laughs> um, Good. I hated him. <laughs> I was definitely on Wolverine's side in Schism. Uh, oh man, for sure. And I know that again. That's still a controversial statement. But they're all friends now. Don't worry. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like him again now, and um, I'm always, I'm, you know, Kate Pride. But she's yes. Kitty in my heart, and I always say Kitty first. But um, she's like my favorite. So yes. I love everything she's going through. I think it's been great uh, having her lead Marauders. Um, like this is one of the things about this era, honestly though is that back to the cyclops thing is that i feel like everybody has done a great job of taking the characters that i don't like as much and making me like them again so much like during the era before house of x and and really before i mean before extermination long time before that for ages before that you know there are a bunch of characters that i just for various reasons wasn't that into and Mm. in this era the people have made me like love those characters. So like sure. I'm going to I'm going to hazard this. I'm going to say some of these characters' names. Now before I do, everyone listening, remember that I just said I love them now. So relax. <laughs> I'm on your side now. They're great. <laughs> but Still Cyclops was one. <laughs> Cyclops was one. Magneto is one that I've had problems with in the past. Uh Magic has been a character. I have not always enjoyed. Um, um, well, we can talk about it if you want, but uh, <laughs> uh, no, there were other ones and now I've forgotten because <laughs> I was trying to hedge the reactions. Like there's a bunch of them. And I, again, I'm just so excited about everything that's happening with them. Like the way that Jonathan has handled them and then the way that other people, oh, Emma Frost is another character that I have had problems with. That one with I knew. I was ready for that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, although, I'll, honestly, I loved... Uh, I thought the Leah's one shot, uh, the X Men Black Emma Frost really that was uh, that was amazing. Brought me, yeah, brought me around on her a lot yeah. in a way. Um, but now again, now I love all of these characters. Like Magic was a tough one because I, I wasn't a uh, historical fan of New Mutants. They weren't my. That wasn't the team I read when I was young. Okay, and I know a lot of folks it was very uh, you know formative for them. For sure. me, it was Excalibur. That's why. So t- my favorite X Men are kitty and nightcrawler and then i love all the captain britain stuff so much and i love rachel um and and megan i consider Megan kind of captain britain connected but yeah that's not, of course she is yeah. <laughs> um all of those folks are, are my absolute favorite so i will go nuts over any of those characters that show up anywhere um in the way that some folks do with new mutants but i never i never read new mutants until much later like much okay. much 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 later okay. so to me Kind of some of the first magic stuff I I really knew was the later magic stuff. Mm. I mean, I kind of knew of her, and I knew that like she had this fucked up 
Oh, I don't know if I can swear. Oh, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> I, I do, during our normal episodes, I do like um, obscenity filled content warnings before every episode. <laughs> okay. You okay. can cut loose. Don't worry about any of that. <laughs> um, so. I knew like her weird history of her. She was a little kid and then she disappeared and came back as an adult. And then maybe she came aged up and down and all these crazy things. I like, I knew of it, but I didn't really read that stuff, but hadn't read it yet. And so then I think the first stuff I started reading her in was the later stuff where they brought her back from the dead. And I was kind of like, so wait, what's the, like, is this her? Is this not her? Like, (laughs) I can't. Is she evil? Is she yeah. good? She and, just seemed. She just seemed evil when she came back. Yeah. So that's. So I was. So the, I never understood when everybody started going. Oh, she's great. Let's put her in more stuff. I was like, but she's like a demon, right? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then, well, speaking of runs that I absolutely love, even though the characters are questionable, um, I'm such a such a huge fan, and I I worked on this book, so it's it's <laughs> as an assistant editor, but. Kieran Gillen's run of X-Men, uh, uncanny X-Men, uh, especially the, the post schism part of it, but all of it, uh, was so good. And the part where he wrote like the biggest magic story I had read at that point, or not, not at that point. Cause by then I had read her backstory, but, um, read as it was happening was the one where she just absolutely fucks over her brother for the fun of it. <laughs> where she just tortures him and makes him miserable and is like, yeah, I just figured it'd be fun to see what happened. And yeah. he, and then it ends with him saying, if I ever see you again, I will kill you. And I was like, holy shit. Oh, this is, this is amazing. This is big. And so like, that was like the most impactful magic in my memory except that then the next time they saw each other it was like oh hey how's it going oh i miss you and i was like wait what <laughs> what wait, happened was that yeah. when she was in gay baby jail wait she what in, what <laughs> i saw somebody say that on facebook and now i can't get it out of my head was that when she was like in jail behind this like glass oh thing? i remember that, that when the that when the that? x-men the x-men were were keeping her um like sort of prisoner but sort of not for like observation in case she went you know yeah mad and evil again that might have been earlier i think i think that was earlier because this is when this is when when colossus had um uh, a juggernaut in him and he like goes through all of this shit in order to get rid of it and how terrible it is and at at the end she's just like yeah i could have taken him out anytime i wanted to haha yeah yeah but she didn't yeah (laughs) i remember that now i do remember that now (laughs) and and listen oh and by the way there's another character that I'm not uh, big on and is Colossus. So the fact that I feel bad for Colossus is like crazy because that guy is on my shit list because I love Kitty Pride and he was so terrible to her. So how would you feel? Oh, well, I mean, now you know more of Magic's backstory. Oh, yeah. yeah. But um, okay. So you love Kitty. You hate Colossus. Okay. Mm-hmm. So in because my, of what he did, man, little, it's just cold. Yeah. No, I get it. But in my scheming little brain, <laughs> because I, I did have such a huge thing for New Mutants, um, not when I was like a little kid, but like when I started reading comics, that was one of the first things that I read and I loved it so much. And I felt like it was, okay, well, 
anybody that Claremont has ever written is super queer coded, but I always thought that Kitty and Ileana were super gay. Uh, so how would you feel about, um, you know, a rebound with uh, Ileana? <laughs> I, I have seen people theorizing that that's that Ileana sabotaged the wedding. Yeah, uh, I saw that, that too. I've seen people talk about that. Um, I don't know, man. That's tough. Uh, you know, I, I feel fine about it. You, you know, that's funny. It actually is one of the first. Okay, so I, uh, if you if you've ever listened to the uh, the podcast I do with Chris Sims, Sailor Business, we talk a lot about Sailor Moon, and Sailor Moon is another. You said you you watch a lot of anime, so you already know this. It's a show where, um, I assume you know this. It's a show yeah. where every character. <laughs> Fans have is gay. very yes. They have very very <laughs> hardcore ships for every character. Yes, like yes. they are just like, oh no, it's a fact that Mercury and Jupiter are lovers. And it's like, wait, what? And it's like, oh no, it's just a, it's like it's just true. And it's like, wait, what? And now as a as a as a viewer and reader of things, I don't tend to read a lot of. Uh, I don't tend to do a lot of shipping. I don't tend to like look at a thing and go, ah, you know what? Those people are actually, but. That said, you talking about Kitty and Ileana is reminding me of a thing that I saw when I was young, um, but didn't understand, which was that there was like a, a, I, well, I guess this would have been early nineties, very early nineties, maybe late eighties, uh, version of a, of a fanfic thing. There was, it was like a fanzine for Kitty and Ileana shipping. Whoa. That Whoa. was like through mail. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember like being like, "Oh, I'm a big fan of of Kitty. Should I maybe I should do that?" But I, I think I just didn't. Again, at the time, I didn't read New Mutants. I read only Excalibur. It was the only X book I read on a regular basis. So I, I don't think I ended up doing it. But I remember hearing about it and being like, "Oh, I should sign up for this." And I didn't understand. Thinking about it now, I'm like, I also don't know. I have no idea how explicit it was. I have no <laughs> idea if it was done very innocently or if it was done filthily. Wow. I have no clue. <laughs> Oh my god, that's crazy! Wow, I really wish Just that I had that. that. What was it called? I cannot remember what it was called. <laughs> so there's these things called doujinshi, and it's mm -hmm. uh, oh, no. yeah, it's just like fan made comics. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's this convention that we go to every year, and there are these uh people who go to all of these uh like doujinshi cons in japan and get like all of these ships from like all different things like final fantasy and you know whatever and there is always an x-men section and it's always only the movie version of savior and magneto and i'm always Aww. so upset the young versions not patrick yeah. stewart and, and, and ian mckellen i would not be bought it i would not be against that but yeah it's the, it's the young ones <laughs> That's very funny. And that's sad. That is too bad. Uh I mean, yeah, there's plenty of there's plenty of stuff to write fan fan comics about in, in X-Men for the X Men, sure. yeah. There's so much material, but that's that's all that they ever have. I was um, actually gonna order this one. It was it had like three ships in it and it was all with Wolverine and one of them <laughs> was Quentin Choir and I said, oh, No, that is no. his that's his student. That's gross. And then I don't remember the third one, but I remember the second one was Deken. And I was like, absolutely no. fucking no. No. Yeah, what? 
No. God. Some people no. are really gross. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a that's a line you don't cross. And like and like the my line is way out there. Mine <laughs> is way out there. But that is one that you don't cross. I I know we're on a tangent, but I don't remember how yeah. we got there. Was there a question at the root of this that I've forgotten to answer? I don't remember. Yeah, no, it's okay. You you were you were talking about about uh about characters that you feel uh like you like more. Oh, now this was the yeah, this was the what was the writing. yeah this was the whose journey do I like? Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow, well, that was ages ago. Yeah. No, yeah, there's uh, a ton. There really are a ton of characters I didn't necessarily care for that now I really really like um so much, and I like I like the way they're being used. And, and a lot of it, and again, so uh, people who get uh, don't like my opinions um, will will uh, sometimes in the past have felt like, oh, now he's going to make the the comics like that. But that's not the case. Like when I would talk about not being into Magneto, for example, I would say things like, well, I think he works best as an adversary to the X-Men. Well, now he is like the most on sides with the X-Men he's ever been. <laughs> yeah. And now he works better for me than ever before. Like I love where he is right now because it's just done so well. Um, and the fact is, yeah, you can do anything if you can do a great job at it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good writing. I think good writing can do that. Like, like I'll, I'll admit it to, I, I was kind of the, the opposite of you there with, with the new mutant six caliber thing. See, when I was young, it was, it was new mutants that I was mm-hmm. really into. And Excalibur wasn't really on on my radar. It's only been in like recent months that I've I've cracked open original uh, Excalibur and been reading any of that. So like Ilyana is a character that I've loved for a long time, but but Betsy wasn't. I I don't dislike Betsy. I've never disliked her, but she's just not a character I've ever really been interested in. Uh, but then you know, Solicit came out and it's oh Betsy Braddock is going to be Captain Britain, and I'm like what? That's 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 how how can you do that? Um, not, not that I even knew much about Captain Britain. I was just like, that's a, you know, that's a weird thing. And I've really been enjoying Betsy's journey over the course of, over the course of Excalibur. So there's like lots of different characters. I was just talking about Kid Cable too. Like there's somebody I was like on the fence about in the beginning and I've come to like now, but you know, good writing will, will do that. You know, it'll make you a fan. I'm glad to hear too, that you as the editor of these books, it's working for you too, that you're finding characters that you're more interested in in now that and you wouldn't have been maybe a few years ago because you know i mean and that says a lot too to like the writing team that you guys have now like you know on the x books these creative teams these these writers and these artists are just like this is this is amazing i've been reading the x-men there i i had a, a little bit of a gap um from the mid nineties to the mid two thousands, but I've been reading, you know, mutant comics for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, outside of, I don't know, maybe uh age of apocalypse, which is like my favorite X-Men thing ever. Like this is the best I've ever seen the X-Men. Uh, honestly. So yeah, all these, all of everything that's going on right now. I'm, I'm just, just very happy. Very, very happy with all this. So, so thank you. Well, I guess it's, it's it's honestly it's my pleasure. I love making comics and I love working with talented people to tell great stories and the X-Men has given us a really awesome opportunity. Jonathan came in with such an amazing idea for where to take them and what what their new status quo would be that everybody has taken such great advantage of and I'm yeah, I couldn't be more thrilled with how it's turned out. I, I absolutely couldn't. Now, with that being said though, mm-hmm. uh you may not be no, I shouldn't preface it with that, but I'll do it anyway. You may not be able to answer this, but I, I, I wonder what you 
I don't know how far ahead you you all plan. I I, I assume you know you don't know what's going to happen ten years from now. <laughs> no, but you, but you have an idea of what's going to happen maybe six months from now. But oh, for sure. My question is: Do you think Krakoa is going to be around post Hickman? Like, do you think this is long term, or like you know when Destiny was talking to Mystique, burn it to the ground? Do you think? If part of Hickman's story, and you don't have to say if it is, do you think if Burn to the Ground is part of his story, it's going to be permanent? Or do you think Krakow is going to be around for a long time? Well, so, I mean, yeah, I, it's one of those questions I probably shouldn't answer because of what you're saying. Because, you know, there are there are forces who want Krakoa to be gone and there are forces that want it to stay around. Mm-hmm. Um, let me say I definitely could see either one happening. Um, I, I mean, I think I know the answer, but I am not going to say for sure the answer, but I will say, I think both of those are completely feasible. Um, you know, (laughs) you know, yeah, I mean, fine. I I can't, I I don't know. I, it's it's exactly like you're saying there are forces arrayed on both sides. And if I told you which one would win, it would be less interesting. Cause, okay. Cause, cause. Maybe I shouldn't say this, and if I have to take it out, you tell me if I have to take it out. But but I, I was DMing uh, Jerry Duggan uh, recently, and he was like, yeah, uh, an announcement is coming. I'm taking the X-Men back to Westchester. Uh, and, like, it was a joke. <laughs> it, was, it was a joke. Like, I knew it was a joke. He knew, he knew I knew because I was like, oh, okay, I'll let the internet know for you. And he laughed, reacted to it. Uh but but that's so that's the thing, you know, like because me as a fan, um, after that Mystique issue where you know Destiny was like, what was that X Men Six, and she's like, burn mm, it to yeah. the ground. I'm like, I'm like, oh, oh what? Yeah, what happens? The pre- Destiny comes back, Precogs come back, Mystique hatches some sort of a plan, and Krakoa does burn to the ground. Okay, that might be an interesting story, maybe. But then what? Then they go back to Westchester, and then we just kind of pretend that you know this this island didn't happen. So, well, I don't think there's. I mean, Jerry was joking. Uh, I I don't think <laughs> I don't think we have any interest in going backwards with the X Men, regardless. Good. Um, Good. Whether whether Krakoa sticks around or not, uh, we wouldn't we wouldn't want to be like. So then they just go back to being a school. <laughs> yeah, okay. that's what I was wondering because, like, you know, the same thing happened with like you know Utopia and to a degree asteroid am i guess so yeah i was like well then what happens <laughs> but yeah we have to wait yeah you know, like peons <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah no i just i see in like other books you know sometimes there's there's sort of like this oh we're returning to the stat it's a new status quo well, but it seems like it's returning to the status quo i'm not saying that's so, no no but that's a, that's a good question and and you're right that does happen but i think the question is what what so here's an example right um i'm a big spider-man guy i'm a big fan of spider-man i love spider-man mm-hmm. spider-man was my was my first comic book love and i, I still absolutely adore it to this day Although I am a little bit behind, so don't spoil anything. <laughs> um, so uh, very famously, very famously, uh, there was the big, uh, what was it called? One More Day and yeah. then Brand New Day after it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that was kind of a let's let's reset to status quo type situation, right? Where sure. um, Brand New Day was all about let's get back to kind of the classic Spider-Man and what makes him work. And, you know, before it, 
everybody, I mean, well, I want to say everybody knew his identity and everybody did know his identity, but part of that was from civil war. I mean, even, even leaving the civil war thing out because yeah. they knew they only did that because they knew they were doing this in the first place, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. leaving that out. Like everybody, like way too many people in his life knew his identity. Um, you know, he, all he did was hang out with the Avengers all the time. He was he was a teacher. Um, he had a, I don't know. The, the book was really kind of a downer in my opinion. Uh, Maybe that's just me, but I felt like it had gotten really heavy and like not uh, the fun of Spider-Man. And so when they did Brand New Day, I absolutely adored it. I was like, oh, this is great because I felt like it was getting back to what made Spider-Man good. Not just as straightforward as, well, it's because he has web shooters again and he has Harry Osborn (laughs) again. I was happy about all those things because those are all elements I like, but it's not that's not why. Um, It was more about like the attitude and what the stories were touching on and the general thrust of the the thing. Uh, I think that with X-Men, the same is true in that there, there have been many times when people have, when it has had to go back to, to the, the touchstone. But I think what's different about what Jonathan did is that what Jonathan did was not go, I'm just going to turn it on its head and everything's going to be crazy. Like it, it's going to be a reverse <laughs> of what it's before. Like he did a lot of like deep, uh, I, I don't, I, I'm sorry. I feel bad saying this because I, I don't mean to be dismissive of what everybody else did in X-Men for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Um, but what Jonathan did was like, think really long and really hard about what makes the X-Men X-Men and what you actually could change without getting away from that core and or reevaluating what that core is to kind of say, is we all think it's this, but is it, uh, is it maybe really more this? And it's like, Oh, hang on. Maybe that's, you're on something. So I think that, um, I think that there's a lot you can do with what we've got now. And I think that there's a lot you can do without going back to the school. Oh, the other thing about the school, again, this is, this is probably also going to be a controversial statement. Maybe, maybe not. Uh-oh. Here's here's the thing about the whole school thing. It's kind of it's kind of bullshit. What? What? Uh, kids need to learn. Jordan, are you well, saying kids shouldn't go to school? No, I'm not <laughs> saying school is bullshit. I'm sorry. Let me clarify. I'm saying the whole school element of X Men is bullshit. Um, really? And it's well, not entirely, but let's 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 look at it, right? So I so I relatively recently like did a. A, a, a read from issue one uh, oh, of yeah, the early yeah, X-Men, right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you look at what's going on in those early ones, the, the school element is pretty pretty much a lie from page one. Like, yeah. uh, now obviously it's like, well, it's not really for gifted youngsters. It's for mutants to teach them about their powers. So, yes. Is there, he teaching them? Yes, about their powers. Do, do they ostensibly have other assignments? Yeah, but we never see them. Yeah, like once true. in a while, he says something about like, oh, you hope you did your reading. But like, that's it. Like, there's, there's not really <laughs> school stuff going on. They graduate really soon, too. They do. Yeah, they do. Like very quickly. And then ostensibly, they're in college there. Kind of. Because again, back then, they had no clue what X-Men was. It, it was kind of hilarious reading those that early you know, whatever it was, 60 something issues because they, they, they they have no clue what the book is and they're just trying shit and you will see them try shit that doesn't work. And then like an issue or two later, they, they're like new direction for the book. Everything has changed. And then two issues later, they're like, no, 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 never mind. Never mind. Never mind. mind." (laughs) Um, 
And so the school thing was part of that. I think they were like, well, they graduate. Oh, but they're, but they're, they're going to, they're going to stay at the school though. Yeah, they're still there. Okay. Jean, Jean went away briefly, but the rest to another of college. stayed there. And then she came back. And yeah. then she came back. Um, yeah. And so then, and the school stayed in place with the new X-Men. The school, it was still a school. But are you telling me Wolverine was going to school? And the answer is, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> because the school doesn't matter. It's a cover. And if anything, if anything, the, at, at that point... It's, it's about, it's, if it's close to anything, it's, it's college, but not in the sense of, you know, you go there and you learn important things. It's college in the sense of you go there and you build your own community and have your own family that is your chosen family instead of the one you were born with. Like, and that's very much what the X-Men is. You know what I mean? They are all just thrown into a dorm together and they, they all, oh, they, they bristle, but then by the end they have a deep love of each other. That, that's, that is the closest thing it has to school is the college part of school. Um, the, 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 the outside of class part and of college, I should say. Each other. Right. Yeah. That too. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then really, uh, so then from there, from, from, from then all the way through to, I mean, I have, listen, I haven't read every X-Men comic, so I, I don't want to literally say for a fact all the way through, mm-hmm. but for the most part with the main X-Men books, all the way through to the movie coming out. The school thing was bullshit. Now, yes, there was the New Mutants book where they were like, well, let's bring actual children again. And it's kind of like, it's a, again, it's a great book because it is Claremont like kind of flexing on it, right? It's Claremont going, you want to see what, you want to see what that original X-Men could have been? How about this? (laughs) (laughs) How about this? (laughs) It's, it's the original X-Men done in the new X-Men style. Um, Like with the more diverse cast coming from all over the world, like in the just so it's much more successful than the original five X Men storytelling wise right away. Um, but again, that was a school. But even there, they 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 went to school for a while and then eventually they become a military unit. So <laughs> it that even there it goes away. Um, and then they go well. Then we'll have another school somewhere else, and that's Generation X. Oh, okay, but it, all of these things are. You'll note that they're all things where they're not real school environments, even. They're, it's a school, a school with seven students, <laughs> a school with yeah. seven students and two teachers, because they're really just teaching them how to be superheroes. That's all it is. The movie was the place where they went, no, 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 this is a real legitimate school. There's a ton of students. Most of them are not on the X-Men. In fact, none of the students should be on the X-Men. The, the X-Men are the teachers and the students are just random ass kids who come to class and, 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 and listen to Storm give a lecture on whatever Storm gives a lecture on. I don't even know what subject they had her teaching in there. Uh, I think it might have been history. <laughs> That's very <laughs> random, but okay. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I, I know that Pyro was in that scene, yeah, but it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't Aaron Stanford Pyro. It was the one guy they got for the one oh, scene yeah. for where the, Bobby the Frozen Fire. Yeah, yeah. Frozen Fire. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. I think it was history. Um, so again, that's super random. And then yes, Iceman and um and Rogue do end up being on the team. But you know what I'm saying? Like generally speaking, the X Men are supposed to be the teachers, and that changed everything. And then all of a sudden, the comics had, uh, took that on. That became a big part of the Grant Morrison run and and the Academy X book that I know so many people absolutely I love adore. Those. My favorite, literally my favorite. Yeah. There you go. Um, and then it became part of Wolverine and X Men, which I really loved as well. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. But all of that actually just came from the movie. Like the all the time before the movie, the the school was kind of nonsense. Um, 
and that was the movie was the one place where they went, well, well, hold on, but if it's a school, it should be a school. And then everybody went, oh, okay. So I don't know <laughs> how essential the school really is to the X-Men concept. I, I, I kind of don't think it's important to it, really. Like it's a fun element that has come up. And again, some of those books I absolutely love too. But if you're going to drill down and go, we got to get back to what makes the X-Men work, I don't think you actually need to take them to a school at all. Yeah, but it's it's cute. You know? <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, yeah, sure. I uh, no, no. I mean, yeah. Um, this is see I again. I told you tangents. I will go <laughs> off on a tangent. No, it's it's good. It's good. It's fine. Because I, I get exactly exactly what you're what you're saying, and and you're, you're certainly you're not wrong. Um, I'd also I'd also like to point out that you know right around the time the first X Men movie came out is when X Men Evolution started. That's that one's that's the one where it's all the mutants are in high school, like yes. in a regular yep. high school. Yep, they are. Okay, I, I never watched that one. I heard I've heard about it, but yeah, uh, yeah. it's my favorite. It's my favorite of the X Men cartoons. Um, and and I loved that they you know I mean yeah they they they're, they're at the Xavier Institute. It's the institute. But they go to a local high school, and they're the mutants. They're the they're the mutants that are there. Everyone else is regular human, and they're all hiding their identities. They're hiding mm-hmm. their mutant powers from everyone else. And then by the second season, the cast sort of expands. And sure, there's training, but there are also these kids going to school and supposed to be studying and getting good grades. And um, and I think it's it's really interesting because, you know, what what drew me to mutants as a child was. You know, these are kids like me. I was reading the New Mutants. I'm like, these are kids like me. They're only a little bit older, you know? And, uh, you know, maybe when I'm a teenager, I'll get mutant powers too. And so seeing X-Men Evolution, I was a little bit older when I saw X-Men Evolution, but it was the same sort of thing. Like, oh, like a teenager coming to terms with having mutant powers, but actually going to school. You know, that's something that I, I can relate to, you know, because because outside of the mutant powers, that's just like me, this high school sort of, drama of having to study of you know um uh, uh, significant others and and mm-hmm. things like that all that sort of drama and that's sort of you know the, those ideas are what drew me into mutants to begin with so i like the idea of of the school and See, that's interesting though because x-men evolution now again i didn't watch it so i'm 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 inferring from the way you describe it and the way i've yeah. heard other people describe it um it uh, it seems very different to me than than the x-men though because it is again oh, all of those schools almost- there's almost nothing in common with the X-Men. Right. I was going to say, like, all of the schools that we have in the X-Men comics, they almost never are they actually that worried about their identities or hiding the fact that they're mutants. Now, again, at the beginning, originally they were, but in a in with a, in a school with five people in it, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> <laughs> like, they, they didn't have a lot of problem with that. And then by the time we got to, like, Academy X, it was already where – where we, we, we were already – well, no. Yeah, Xavier already said he was a a mutant, and so it was just this is the place for mutants to go and be mutants. No, that's just kind of. I mean, it, it kind of fascinates me though because I, I do think it's it's interesting that it's like um you know that it is like a a, a school, uh because it's not just oh okay so you're a mutant you're here amongst other mutants and you're here to learn how to control your powers whether you decide to join our mutant you know uh you know whether you decide to join the X Men or not we'll we'll see when you get there but that it's also that they're learning, you know. So I, I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's interesting, uh, and I think that's part. Of- I don't know. I mean, listen, I, 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 it's definitely interesting, but the whole learning thing I, is the part I object to. Because again, I also, I mean, I also have 
you know, read, spent a lot of time reading and watching Harry Potter movies. And it's like, oh, they teach them. They totally teach them. Yeah, do they? They teach them <laughs> some stuff. They teach them the stuff that's relevant to the plot. But do they ever teach them anything practical at all? And it seems like the answer is no. They have no idea how to do their taxes. No, <laughs> none of that stuff. None of none of anything. Like yeah, yeah. It's, it's it, anyway. It's it's fun. I like I like I like it. But uh, I, all I'm saying is, like I said, I, there's room for all of these things. Like so, right oh, yeah. now we have New Mutants uh, is at least in some ways. There's no school, but there it is dealing with uh, the training of young people but again i i go back to when i when i think of like the bulk of x-men history i feel like the closest thing to school is that it, again is that out of class college experience like <laughs> and i know that's i know that's a weird thing to say but it, it it just it really is because so much of the the so much of what i think works about it is that it is about well i, I already said all, said all this it's about that family that they choose it's about them yeah. going we we've, we're all thrown into this together, but now we've we've bonded and we we have something that is uh, linking us, and it's it's more than just proximity. Um. Anyway, there we are. No, I get it, and 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 I'm glad I'm glad you said too that that there's uh, space for all of this. Yeah, and, of course. And, and I'm I'm I am not advocating that Krakoa should go away and they should <laughs> all go back to Westchester. That was not my point. Good, good, good. Uh, yeah, no, I was saying I enjoyed that 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 era in the two thousands, but mm-hmm. but I absolutely do think that that there's space for all of that in um, on Krakoa. For a um, while, they they were uh, they were locked in the school, weren't they? They were uh, the government forced them to stay in the school. That was pleasant. Oh my yeah, god! There sentinels on the lawn. Yeah, sentinels on the lawn. Let's let's do that. There's only two hundred of you left. We'll put sentinels on the lawn. Sure. Uh, I was not. I was not a fan. I was not a fan of of uh, of the idea of getting rid of mutants in that way of I'm of reducing them to one ninety eight. Very happy. You're not happy about that. <laughs> neither was I. All right, we're well, all on the I also, same team. I, I mean, I always said. I mean, and now listen. I I I, I shouldn't be too vehement about it because again, I I you know work at Marvel and work with some of the people who worked on that. I'm sure, but. Um, they're not going to listen to this. Don't worry. I, about it. I always just kind of felt like when you reduce the mutant population to 198 people, they're not a minority. They're a statistical zero. Yeah. There yeah. are essentially no mutants. Yeah. Um, you're more likely to meet like a person from France who now lives in Quebec, who uh, went to school in Iran and his name is George. Like that's that, <laughs> okay. That's not more likely. That's probably less likely, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's incredibly, no people know mutants at this point. Like, you know what I mean? So the idea that they are a minority is just silly. Um, and, and I, I understand that they were going, well, the problem was though there were just too many mutants and people were creating too many mutants. And I go, well, so just tell them to stop. <laughs> just, <laughs> just don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, you and... don't have to. You don't have to try and get rid of all the ones that we have and just keep them in their school with these giant sentinel lawn ornaments. Like that—that's a good idea. Just don't create more. But and it gave us Vampire Jubilee, which I still stand by as is one of the worst decisions that's you know, ever Patty, happened. Patty, there are some people who loved Vampire Jubilee. Are you I serious? Since we, yeah, since we got so, on Twitter. There are people who love everything. Yeah, I mean, back to, that, back to that point, yeah. True. I, mean, I, 
I love Pyro. What did we just, what did we open with? Yes, of course. Uh, all right. So, so, um, so I'm, I'm going to ask this. We'll see where this goes. Um, so Reign of X is taking mutants into space, right? Taking them into the corporate world. And I would like to know, in your opinion, what is left <laughs> under the sea? Under the sea? Well, there already is a mutant who rules under the sea. Uh, fair point. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he just isn't allied with Krakoa right now. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Uh, what else is there to do? Well, um, you know, it's 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 funny. There there are a lot of other places I think that we could take it. It's tricky though because it's difficult to get books about them. Uh, you know, like there's a lot of things. I mean, I, like it would be really fun to do books about, like more more explicitly about like mutant art or or um you know mutant. Uh, you know, I, I presumably there would be. Why couldn't there be mutants in sport? Right? Um, yeah. But. I don't know that we could do a book. I don't think it could support a book right now, unfortunately. I would really, you know what I've always, I feel like such, I just feel stupid, but I've always wanted like a slice of life X-Men book where there's no fighting. Yeah. So that's it's a pretty just, common thing it? I've heard. Well, I've heard a lot of people say that. So the, the, the I'll tell you the issue with it is that. I, I don't actually think it would sell the way people think it would sell. And there's a lot of reasons. Um, well, first of all, the, 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 the one thing that I can point to is that the, the like diehard fans, the like really um, most excited fans are, who are like, like yourselves who have podcasts and who are on Twitter every Wednesday to talk about the book, you know, mm-hmm. it's a very, it's very easy to dip your toe into that. Uh, sector of the internet and fandom and go, Oh my God, like there's, it's, there's an overwhelming number of people and there's so many of them. And, but if you actually look at the actual numbers, it's, it's, it's volume over, uh, over number of people. It's, it's just, it's just, those are the people who are actively getting on there and talking about it. That's right. Um, and, and and because they're talking about that because they're the ones who love the X-Men most. So it's very easy to go, Oh, they all love this idea and they will all buy it. It's like, but, but will, all those folks who don't go on Twitter that day re- buy it. And the answer is not so much. And you can see that when you see how often it is that a book in the X-Men line or in any line that is loved on the internet, that every reader is like, this is the best book in the line gets canceled. Yeah. It happens yeah. a lot because yeah. it doesn't, it, it doesn't appeal outside of the, the, the core niche audience. Um, so that's part of it, but then going, even going back into that, um, within that, that circle of people, the problem that you have in the X-Men in particular is that there are a billion of them. Yeah. <laughs> and so while I, while, 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 while every person goes, I would really love to read a, a slice of life book. They're thinking of like maybe 10, 15 characters they want to read about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe absolutely. more than that. Absolutely. And then when when that book is about 10 to 15 other characters that don't include any of their characters because there are actually 200 x-men at least um they go oh, i'm not as interested you know what i mean like like how many there's i feel like there's a lot of times that happens where people go like i like this idea for this book but none of these characters are, are characters i care about it's like well right so that's that's a difficulty too um that said i i think first of all i think we've gotten a lot more We've gotten away with a lot more uh, issues that are not 
all action focused in the last uh, year or two, I think, yeah. than we have in many times in the past. Um, we've done a lot of quirky stuff in, in Krakoa. <laughs> yeah, and um, I, I appreciate that. I, I think we will continue to do so because, of course, I here's the thing. I love that, too, and I'm interested in seeing that stuff. It's just we got to do it in a way that'll that'll sell. Um, you know, I uh, I'm uh, one of my favorite things I've ever worked on. I've worked on a lot of things, but there's a bunch of things that I have worked on that I really, really, really love that didn't sell. Um, one of those things is Gwenpool. I love Gwenpool so much and we've, we've done a bunch of things with her, but the people who love her, love her so much. Yes. We both bought every single issue. Yes. Oh, well, I'm happy to hear that. Cause I, I absolutely <laughs> adore her and I'm so glad, I'm so glad she exists, but you know, the, the general public did not buy her. <laughs> unfortunately. Oh, oh that I doesn't make, her. that doesn't make any sense. It's got, she's got pool at the end of her name. That's <laughs> That's a billion dollar franchise. Come on. Uh, well, I mean, Deadpool just got canceled too. So there you go. Yeah, that, that, uh, that's true. <laughs> that is true. That is true. And I bet you, I bet you'll, he'll, he'll get another volume before Gwenpool gets another volume. It but I hope, likely. I hope she continues to appear on Krakoa. We've seen her with the X-Men a couple of times now. I, I just, I do hope that that continues to happen at least here and there. She, yeah, she, she popped up in Ten of Swords for one panel. That was pretty great. That was that was fantastic. That was fantastic. She was out there. I think she shot Pog your Pog, uh, actually. <laughs> I and I don't even it. mind. I don't even mind. You know what? She was there. It was. Great. She's the best. I, honestly, yeah. she's the best. I. Yeah. I could, again, I could talk about Gwenpool all day too. She's amazing, <laughs> and I want to do a million things with her. But uh, did you read the Modok issue that she was in? I did not. It's I pretty did not. great. <laughs> it was it was like a month ago, two months ago. Um, at the end of we did a we did a Modoc miniseries, the fourth issue of which I just sent to press like last week, so it's not out yet. But the third issue's out, and that was the one she's in. She shows up at the very end of issue two. Um, the plot of the well, I won't go into the whole plot, but the the quick thing that's happening is that um, the 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 writers who did this book, uh, Jordan Bloom and Pat Oswalt, who are working on the Modoc TV show, they're mm-hmm. they're big big comic fans so they have read like everything and they for, for the purposes of this and the show read every single monarch appearance ever literally oh my god and they were like we want to do a mini series about modok in the marvel universe like serious quote unquote but like i mean as in you know it's real continuity it's not there's fun stuff that happens in it but it's not a joke it's not a joke comic the way that their show is a, just going to be a comedy like the tv show is a comedy okay mm-hmm. um but so they were like, we want to do, and, and they talk about this a little bit in the letter at the back of the thing. So spoilers for the letter at the back of the last issue. But they, they kind of took a Grant Morrison Batman approach to Modoc, where they said it all happened. Every ridiculous Modoc story from the ones that take him deadly seriously to the ones that take him as a complete gag, they all happened and they're all real. And we're going to treat all of them with absolute reality. They are the history of the character we are writing about. So. In dealing, in touching on all of these things from his past, at the end of issue two, the people who are out to get him go, well, let's hire Gwenpool to kill him. She's killed him before. <laughs> <laughs> and so they hire Gwenpool to kill him. And so issue three involves uh, Gwenpool going to the island that his uh, his origin took place on and fighting him. Do you want me to spoil it? Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, I won't. I, I will stop <laughs> there if you want to read it for yourself. That's fine. 
I mean, I kind of want to read it now. All right. Because Gwenpool's in it. I didn't realize that. Mordok number three. Pick it up. All right. It also, it also <laughs> here's what I'll spoil this much to say. It starts on Krakoa because she's there, oh. obviously. Yeah. Well, she better be. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. She does something really amazing that I'm very happy about. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to read a freaking Modok book. Who knew that? <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I, I, uh, I've never had, listen, Patton Oswald is hilarious and I've been seeing it. I've been seeing that, you know, he's, he's on this MODOK title and I'm like, oh, but I don't care about MODOK, but you got, <laughs> it's very good. It's very yeah, good. If, if you've got Gwenpool and Patton Oswald, well, then that's just a good time. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'll, I'll have to read it. No, listen, the whole series is good, but it, at the very least you should read issue three. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's it's a good time. It's a good time. Uh, let's see. Anything else about talk about about Gwenpool? She's amazing. I'm glad she's a mutant. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. Do, okay. Hey, I, I have a question for you. This is yeah. a, since since uh, this is uh, mutant musings, right? So I have a musing for you to Uh-oh. muse about mutantness. <laughs> is this is a weird one? And I've I've heard I've I've gotten all answers on this, but I want to know your your thoughts. Is Cassandra Nova a mutant? No, she's uh she's a parasite. Okay. I mean that's my opinion, but some people think no, she's a mutant because she's made out of Xavier body. Yeah, but but parasites can do that. Par- I mean, <laughs> any anybody could have a parasite and then, you know, well, parasites got part of your body now, so that's just how a parasite works. Yeah, no. I I wouldn't classify her as one. I could see people wanting to say that. Patty, do you have anything to say about Cassandra Nova? <laughs> <laughs> um, I specifically kept quiet because I, um, I mean, so I have gone through the entire X-Men history and I feel like she's appeared so infrequently that I don't even remember really who <laughs> she was. And I'm like, is that like his, his twin or something, yeah. but she's evil, yeah. but like, I think it's like, okay, this is my understanding of it. And, and, you know, I, I'm sure I've looked it up multiple. I mean, I've read the stories multiple times, but I, I know I've read the wikis as well. Yeah. Um, I think it's like this. She's his twin sister who he killed in the womb, except yeah, right. she's also a mama dry. And what is that? Well, it's like a psychic entity, but is it, it's kind of, it's one of those weird, it's a weird Grant Morrison-y thing though, where, where <laughs> it's, it's unclear exactly like which came first chicken or the egg is she his sister who became a psychic entity because of all this messed up stuff or is it that there really is a dark duplicate for all of us that we all have to battle in the womb kind of (laughs) like so like is she like a ageless (laughs) does she only exist because xavier exists or would she have existed with someone else and just come out differently it's super unclear it's super unclear my my thinking is she probably is not a mutant. She's she is primarily a psychic entity, and she just used Xavier's body for a long time. But that she herself is not, at her core, a mutant. I think, but I don't no. know that for a fact. It's so hard. It's hard to tell. That I mean, uh, that's that's what I go with. I honestly, that, that's not a question for me to muse about very much because I, okay. I feel like that's that's for me that's that's a, a kind of a cut and dry answer. Like I said, I think that she's great a psychic parasite and you know i mean shit it's i don't know what grant morrison is doing right now maybe we can get him on the phone um he can call <laughs> him to the show uh, <laughs> and he can set it straight once and for all but but that's that's how i always under, understood it um okay 
That's that was my understanding too. But I guess, like I said, some people disagree. There's, there's a bunch of characters that are very are very unclear for various reasons. One, uh, here's Zorn. another one. Uh. Oh, so, well, Zorn. Oh my god, course. no, it's Patty. It's eleven thirty. I don't want to start that conversation now. Here's a weird one: is um, Spiral. Because spiral. here's the here's the thing. The answer is she just isn't a mutant. She's except a they've mutant. called her a mutant a billion times. Doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. They can call her whatever the hell they want. They can call her Jane if they want to. It doesn't matter what they call her. Spiral's still not a mutant. Yeah, she just isn't. She just she's, isn't. She's mutant adjacent for sure. Like Cassandra Nova, sure, she's a mutant adjacent oh, character. Sure, sure. And like you're you're going to associate these two characters that we're talking about right now with the X-Men with mutants before you associate them with anybody else. But just because they're mutant adjacent and so closely tied with mutants, you could even fucking call them a mutant. That doesn't mean that they're a mutant. So I don't think yeah. Longshot's a mutant, but that's a toughie. And I can I can appreciate the argument either way, but I at the end of the day I go, yeah, probably not. Well no. see what's what's tough about the Longshot one is that Longshot and Shatterstar are each other's oh fathers. God, yes. And, and technically <laughs> Yes. Technically, if I if I have it right, it's 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 I think it's been a w- little while, but but Shatterstar is a mutant. Yes. So how so so we're saying that Shatterstar well, is a mutant, but then Longshot isn't a mutant, and so Shatterstar that- is a is a, uh, a a a naturally occurring person, by which I mean like through the normal process of mating. Okay. <laughs> he was created through Longshot and Dazzler having a baby. Yeah. Um, Dazzler, obviously, unambiguously a mutant. Now, that being said, that doesn't mean that her child would be, but I think it's easy to go, yeah, he is. And he has powers that are mutant powers that I think make sense. All of that, I think, works. I, I'm go, yeah, of course he's a mutant. Yeah. Longshot is made from Shatterstar's DNA. Yeah. But not through, again, not through the normal process, obviously. Right. He was made like in a lab. Mm-hmm. So stuff was done to him. Um, to the DNA to to change it and to alter it in various ways. I feel like it like it's okay to just kind of go, yeah, he's not a mutant then. And I know that's weird. <laughs> I mean, but that's kind of how I I've felt about him too. But yeah. I, I have this internal. It, it's it's like one of those. It's it's something that I don't talk about too much because neither neither Shatterstar nor Longshot come up in in my daily conversations because I'm not <laughs> enormous fans of of okay. them. I have nothing against them. I'm not even saying I... Well, okay. So I, I do like Shatterstar. Not a huge oh. fan, but I like him. Not really a fan of, of Longshot. And and I've I've made that that statement before and caught some heat for it. I don't really care. But in, in either case, I don't care about them one way or the other enough to talk about them a lot. So it's not really something that I'm verbalizing. But I've always had this in, internal... Uh, I've just accepted internally, okay, Shatterstar, yes. Longshot, no. And that's just kind of how I, I settled. And it. part of it is because that whole origin is such a huge retcon. Like for for the the whatever it is, I don't know how long twenty years of Longshot's existence. Let's say before that origin was in place, yeah, he least. wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't derived from mutants. He was just a guy from another place. Like another, there was no yeah. reason to call him a mutant. Um, he just hung out with mutants, like you said. Yeah. Same with just like Deadpool. Deadpool not a mutant. He just hangs out with them a lot. I think it's just because there's too much history for the X-Men that nobody can keep it straight. Well, yeah. it's the who... same for all, all, all characters. I mean, these are stories that have been going on. If you think of them as one story anyway, there are stories that have been going on for 60 years almost. That's yeah. it's literally not possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jonathan, you know, always talks shit about One Piece about, oh, well, I would never read One Piece. It's like 10. <laughs> I'm like, Jonathan, 
the exhibition's been going on for like 30 years more than One Piece. Right. And it's right. not just one series. There's, you know, at, at times five or six series going on. All right, Patty, if I started reading <laughs> One Piece when I was six years old, maybe I would have a different opinion. But I'm 36 and I'm not starting One Piece now. All right. It's too late. That ship has sailed. <laughs> If you want to read about pirates, you should just read Marauders. It's fine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do that instead. Um, oh, okay. So the gala is coming up. And it's, yeah. It's, yeah. We're uh, very excited for that. I'm loving the fashion that has been put out already. Um, and, and really, I mean, I don't know if you, if you, I know you're not active on, on Twitter now. I see you on Instagram. I don't know how active you are on Instagram, but there's a lot of artists doing fan art of, uh, all of the the characters, the official looks, and also their own takes on on people we haven't seen already. Um, I don't know if you've seen any of them that have been done for uh, for Nanny. Have you seen any of the? Uh, <laughs> no, I haven't. There have been a I couple of seen that. really good ones. Really good ones. Uh, I have seen some some fan art in general though, and it's been really awesome. Yeah. Are we going to be seeing um, any more looks uh, oh, yeah. before oh, yeah. the gala comes? Okay. I think we did something like sixty. Oh wow! Oh, really? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> Wait, did Dorderman do all of them? Oh or are no, they gonna no, be... no, 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 okay. no! Okay. All the ones he did are 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 out. Okay. Um, but we had other folks work on them too. Okay, so we'll be seeing those. Uh, oh, before uh, we did Kevin Wada do any of them? No, unfortunately, we didn't. Um, we weren't able to bring him in on this. He always yeah. does next like. Time. The most beautiful original costume designs. I love him. Yeah, he's so good. He does such sexy stuff. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. So I was I was very curious about that. Um, another thing I'm I'm curious about though is you know there's the old adage uh, never say never, and that might be appropriate here. And I'm sure this has been asked a few times since it was brought up, probably a year and a half ago. Is the Moira title effectively off the table? Like, that's just a no, not happening. <laughs> well, you know, you never know. You never yeah, know. Yeah, never say never, right? Yeah. <laughs> Do you think we'll see her anytime soon or ever? Like, what's Well, I know doing? the next time we're going to see her. If that's you true. know. Okay, fine. <laughs> well, well, I'm glad one of the three of us knows. <laughs> uh,. So what what is she doing? Does she have a subscription to Disney Plus? Uh, is she playing video games? What has she uh, been doing? Probably, well, probably not Disney Plus, but I'm sure she has access to all those Mojoverse feeds. And <laughs> uh, beyond that, yeah, I'm sure she's she exercises. You know, she did mention she has a portal that takes her to near. I think it was somewhere near one of the some of the best restaurants in the world or something like yeah. that. So she goes yeah. out to eat. <laughs> so that's nice for her. Um, something that we don't get to do. So yeah, she has it better say, than us. Too bad there's a pandemic. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. She must be uh, either, either really bored or, or I would imagine. I mean, I think we all, now that you mention it, I mean, we all kind of have experienced life uh, like she has, a bit for the last year. So what have we all been doing? I'm sure, I'm sure she's gotten into new things. She has never uh, thought she would try before. <laughs> she's, she's reading one piece. I think. Oh my God. I cannot believe Jonathan Hickman predicted what would happen to the world <laughs> through Moira Taggart. <laughs> so, so please Jordan, thank you for coming on. 
where can people find you and what else do you do? Tell them what they should be listening to and reading. Sure, sure. Uh, so I mentioned earlier, I do a podcast called Sailor Business with Chris Sims. We've been watching all of the original Sailor Moon anime. I think we've got, I think we've got 197 or 198 episodes out now, uh, plus wow. bonus episodes. But we're, so that means we're actually two episodes from being done with it, uh, with, with the original series. Um, it's a, it's a show that, has meant a lot to me over the course of my life. And it's actually really, really stupid that two uh, adult men are doing a podcast about Sailor Moon, but <laughs> so be it. Um, <laughs> we both just like it a lot and we're having fun with it. Um, so that's, like I said, Sailor Business. You can check that out if you're interested. I'm sure we'll figure out something to do after we finish those 200 episodes, but there you are. Uh, aside from that, I used to do, I used to do ukulele covers on uh on YouTube. I, I haven't done that nearly as much since I've had a kid. Uh, but hopefully someday I'll, I'll, I'll do it again. I just actually bought uh, a new ukulele recently because, because <laughs> ordering things on the internet is all there is to do, as we've said. <laughs> oh, and it's so easy to, it's, it's so easy it to. It really is. Um, so maybe I'll do another one at some point soon. I would like to, it's just, uh, you know, time. Uh, but I, if you, if you search for Jordan D white on YouTube, you'll definitely find me playing ukulele songs. Including the two I wrote about X-Men, the one about Maggot and the one about Adam X. What else? And other than that, you should definitely read uh, X-Men comics because they're good. <laughs> <laughs> they're definitely good stuff. Uh, yeah, that's about it. All right. So that'll do it for this episode of Mutant Musings. Thanks for joining us, and remember to leave us a comment on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast, and on Twitter at mutant musings. Keep joining us for new episodes of Mutant Musings, Evolution, twice a month, and until then... Jordan Z. White was right. Aww. Aww.